Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome, or hopefully it's welcome back to USA Global TV and radio. We just had a fantastic show, Aging Gracefully with Humor. If you missed it, please go over to our YouTube channel, not now, but later, and catch it there, USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network, where we currently have 29 live broadcasts each week. Our show today is What's Trending, and the creative genius behind this concept and this show is our star, Kathy Fulton. Let's welcome her before we bring out our guest. Hi, Kathy. Hello again. Hello. That was a great show, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Very informative. I could have talked to her all day. (laughs) We are so blessed that we have people like our guest backstage, Steve Gurney, who come and share so much education and knowledge with us that I just don't know why anybody would watch or listen to any other network. (laughs) But It's beyond me. It's beyond me. (laughs) So we know from our last show that you help people age in place, but you also help people create an incredible space. Tell us about your expertise in this area. Right. So my my other passion is uh, interior design. And so what we do, uh, the bottom line is we create spaces that people love to live in, um, you know, with, with their help, of course, in terms of finding out what they like and what they don't like. And um, I've been doing this for 22 years and absolutely love it. So that's really it. Abby, do you still love it as much as you did when you first started out? Yes. Yes. I'm just, um, you know, I, I think I'm just wired this way, just kind of predisposed this way. Um, I mean this, and, and one really odd example that, that comes to, to mind, um, you know, how people will talk about when they're, when they're little, they did this or that. And, and, you know, it just remained a passion. Um, long story short, I can remember, um, like I wanted a set of like, you know, the jumbo box crayons. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, my mom would only buy me, like, I think it was a set of eight or 12. Okay. (laughs) So when pop butch got wind of it, cause I asked him, you know, the, the, the workaround here, um, if I could have the big jumbo box, Cause I, and I told him, I said, my mom, mom won't buy it for me. Um, and he, he called me sweet and he was like, I'll get it for you, sweet. Okay. So I was in heaven and I took that box home and I used to have a little place in my closet. It was a little miniature, uh, folding table and chairs. And I would sit and I would pull the crayons out and I would match the colors together 
And, um, you know, I would have these big conversations with myself as to what I thought looked great together. So I, I really think that I, so I credit Pop Butch for, um, you know, my journey with colors. And, um, but I would, since I was in my closet, then I would take the colors and I would go around and, and look at things that were hanging up and, you know, just started matching up all the, all my clothes. And so, I, I mean, so I, yes, I still, I still love it. I, I still love it. I, uh, it's just something that I, I could sit and look at fabrics all day. I could sit and look at, you know, everything all day. It's just, just how I'm wired. Anyway. Well, it shows. And who knew that it would start with a jumbo box of crayons? I hope people who are out there listening and they have children, get them that box of crayons that they want. I always liked it with the sharpener that was in the back. And all the crayons had a great smell, didn't you? Like you'd smell them. And I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the sharpener, I thought I had arrived. I thought I, I, was, so, I was so protective over that box of crayons. You know, anyway. It makes sense. That's important, an important tool for you. So, um, you know, so we're talking about things that were trending, you know, when you were growing up and look where you are today. And we just spoke about this on the last show. People are living longer and they want to have more say about how and where they age. And a lot of times we don't have the resources at hand. You know, we go to Dr. Google, for example, and we get all kinds of information that can be really good or can be overwhelming. But they're actually people who are experts in helping us understand what are the products that are available? What are the services that are available? who has the what we need so that we can make an informed decision. And so you have brought Steve Gurney to the platform. He was here before. Tell us again how you met. Well, I've known about Steve uh, for years because he's been in this arena since, you know, way before I started. I, I've been doing this for close to 10 years now. And um, I mean, Steve Gurney is just, he's just like the go-to person for anything relative to aging. You know, if you, his emails are incredibly informative and uh, they just offer, you know, great ways to connect with other people. So, um, but I, I attended one of his um, or several of his meetings um, years, years ago, right when I first started. Um, they were all like down in, in DC, downtown DC. But um, yeah, so I mean, Steve just has a wealth of information, a wealth of information. He is like the, the great go-to guy. So. Well, I'm super excited to welcome back Steve Gurney. He's the founder and director of Positive Aging Community. Steve, come on out. Nice to have you with us today. Great. Uh, glad to be back and uh, real excited to uh, have another discussion with you all. Fantastic. Well, thank you. for. Um, I said this before on our other show. I love when people come back and visit with us because hopefully that means that you had a good experience and there's so much more information to deliver. So when you think of pro-aging, so many people are against aging. It's like, no, I don't want to get older, even though we know what the alternative is. But you've turned it around into a positive light. Tell us more about that. Yeah, well, what's interesting, the whole pro-aging brand uh, was, uh, I stumbled into it because I had a community of professionals who worked in the field of aging. And that's why I started the pro-aging brand was for the meetings that we hosted, um, as you just heard about. And the, um, uh, but 
what I ended up doing when I needed to rebrand my the the publication that I publish and the community that we run, I from retirement living to something else, I was sort of like, you know, positive aging really makes a lot of sense. And I've got this pro-aging brand. So I've really been able to utilize it in a lot of different ways. And and you know, the yes, there is this anti-aging movement. There is this sort of, uh, which there is this sort of uh, a lot of a lot of times centered around the pharmaceutical business uh, of hey anti aging we're going to help you uh, look young okay and it's just one of these things where we're all aging. We're all aging at the exact same rate. There may be products that could, uh, or surgeries that could eliminate wrinkles. There's things that we can do to our hair to minimize those uh, traditional signs of aging, but we're all aging. And, and, and whether you're eight, 18, or 108, we should go through all of these chapters of life in as positive of a manner as possible. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Steve. I just want to throw something out to the two of you. Yesterday, I got a phone call. I didn't know who it was. I usually don't answer those phone calls, but it was someone calling about the Crohn's Colitis support group that I run. Anyway, long story short, she was a doctor and we were having a conversation because I'm actually a patient of ulcerative colitis. And I was telling her about my workouts and she's like, how old are you? And I said, I'm 59. She said, you need to stop that right away. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you're in an age now where things are just going to keep falling apart and you're actually accelerating that by working out so hard. And I thought, I don't think, I don't know. So Steve, my question is when we have a pro-aging mindset, at some point do we go, okay, on this age, I can't do this, 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 or this anymore. Yeah. So, so this is, I, I, I like this one because a <laughs> lot of times what we do is we celebrate, rightfully so, the you know, the hundred year old jumping out of a plane, the guy who's still running a marathon at age 90, the woman that is doing yoga into her eighties. Um, we celebrate these sort of physical aspects of aging and, and we should continue doing that. And, and we should continue living our life um, with uh, the, what we're able to do for as long as and what we enjoy doing, what gives us purpose for as long as we possibly can. Now, the the thing that I like to focus on is the it, and and we shouldn't even we should never say, oh, at a certain age I've got to stop running marathons. But as an athlete, my entire life there have been dozens and dozens of times where I've had to stop doing the sports that I enjoy doing because of an injury, because of sickness, because of things of that nature. I am fortunate that I haven't permanently stopped any of the sports that I have participated, enjoyed participating in, but maybe at some point I will because of change in health or an injury uh, or what have you. And when 
I do or if I do have to change that activity, I need to have a wide field of vision and the ability to reinvent myself to continue living a purposeful life. And there are millions of things that we can do. And that's where, like, I, I like picking on golf players because back, you know, a dozen years ago, I had this guy walk into my office back when I used to meet people in my office. And uh, he uh, comes in and he's sort of holding his back. He goes, oh, my life is over. Can't play golf anymore. And I, I, I I sympathized with him and I said, um, well, you know, there are millions of other things that you can do in this world. You've put everything in this golf bucket, but it's time to reinvent yourself. And it may be that you take up cooking, poetry, stained glass, something that might be less active uh, because your back is thrown out. So I, I know I'm on a soapbox there. No, no, no. That was a great answer. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I, I think that we we get information about you're too old to do this. And then other people are out running marathons and getting their degree at 90 years of age. I'm like, no, I want to be that person. <laughs> well, and you can. And that's the whole point is, is that there is nothing stopping any of us. And, and all along the spectrum of life, I mean, I know people that are in their teens and 20s that due to a health or a disability, they will never be able to run a marathon, okay? But they live a purposeful life, okay? And I think what what the the the, the thing that the mindset that we have to change is is that for those of us have, who have been fortunate, and I would say fortunate to live a healthy life and to grow to a certain age where maybe you need to start wearing glasses or maybe it's harder to get up and down steps. This is not an aging thing. This is a life thing. And you need the ability to reinvent yourself uh, based on whatever curveball life throws you. So um, anyway. Excellent. Thank you. Kathy, I could ask a million questions. I don't want to steal the show. So go ahead. No. I uh, just just to your point, Steve, I completely agree, um, you know, reinvent yourself or, you know, I mean, kind of sometimes you just kind of have to auto correct your life because, I mean, when something happens to you, like this person's back went out, um, I mean, I believe that if you're still here, then you have a purpose. And, you know, so I think when things happen, it's God's way of saying okay, so that was great. You did that work in that area. So now we're going to kind of change gears. You're not going to like it a whole lot at first, but, um, you know, this is, this is what I need you to do next. And, um, so I, I completely agree. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah, when I saw the name of the show was trends, I, I, I've got three things that I want to throw out to your audience, um, that I think are, they're blind spots that I had and they are super important and they relate to um, changes in our life and how do we plan? Nobody wants to plan for this stuff. Okay. Like this guide that I, that I've been publishing for 32 years that has tons of great information, uh, things, housing, aging in place, resources. 
Nobody wants anything in this book. And for years, myself and, and hundreds, if not thousands of other advisors have said, hey, you got a plan for growing old, okay? And, and I agree with that statement, but people don't want to do it. And when they want a plan is when they have a fall, they're in the hospital, and they're being discharged from the hospital. That's all. That, that's usually when the planning is going to start. And it's sort of like, oh, wow, uh, my bedroom's on the second floor. Can I get a contractor over to convert my den into a first floor master bedroom? You can, but you should have done that years ago, not when you're driving home from the hospital. Okay. So there's three things, three points that are intersecting with, with this that I, and, and, and I would call these trends. And, and the first one that I want to want to bring up is um, your network, your supportive network that is out there. And these are your friends. These are your family. These are paid advisors and, and people that can help you. So, so there's your, I'm going to name these three topics and then we'll jump in to a discussion because it might trigger some questions and ideas for you, for you all. Um, so your network, your supportive network. And I, I want to share a, a, some cool stuff about that. The second it thing is aging in place. And I'm, I want to share something a little different than you've heard about aging in place related to making a plan. And the last thing that is the most, it's the hottest topic on the discussions that I run and in the content that we have, and that's solo aging. And, and but these three trends and these three topics all relate to us as, as, a, as a society mapping out a plan for the future. So does that sound cool? And we can dive into those, those three topics? Yes, please. Okay, so so the first thing, and and, and I'm going to give a huge shout out to my friend, is this network, uh, my friend Glenna Crooks. Okay, my friend my friend Glenna Crooks wrote this book called The Network Sage, and 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 her inspiration to write that probably had more of a business focus in in the beginning, in that those of us who are in business realize how important networking is. And, you, you know, on platforms like LinkedIn and Facebook you, and, and just our, you know, we all used to have that little black book and a Rolodex. Those are our networks. But one thing, and, and as we move through life and especially move into uh, the chapter that we, that we call aging, which again, we're all aging. It doesn't start with an AARP card, but, but let's say this chapter uh, after work and what have you uh, of life, our network is really, really important. And it's also really, really important that the people around us know that they're included in our network and know how to access our network. And Glenna has turned me on to this concept of actually mapping visually out that network so you can share that with other people 
But more importantly, you can identify weaknesses. And it's brilliant because I can tell you, I've been in business for 32 years and I've got a pretty vast network that I've cultivated. But other than sort of clicking on LinkedIn and seeing the people that I'm connected with, I've never mapped it out until I met Glenna. And this is absolutely phenomenal and absolutely critical for us in our planning. And, and my advice is that this is not an aging thing. I think that as let's say that I'm a kid and I just graduated from college and I'm out there in the working world, map out your network and check in with that map every year and figure out where your weaknesses are. You, you know, do you have enough people that you enjoy your, your favorite hobbies with? Um, you know, are you looking for a wife or a husband? Hey, that's a great thing to map out your network. But fast forward 40 to 50 years, that network map is going to be essential to if you don't like to drive or you don't want to drive, getting you somewhere, you know. So, so that's sort of trend number one is in planning is visually mapping out your network. Um, so I'll, I'll pause here and we can move to my second trend, which is going to be, um, what did I say? It's um, uh, aging in place. Thank you for sharing that. Kathy, what questions do you have about your network, networking? Well, um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean, I think it's, I think it makes a, a lot of sense and, um, you know, but you, you said something previously to, I think jumping into, you know, the starting on the, the three points, but, um, just something that, and I think maybe this will kind of dovetail into your your next bullet point, um, and it just reaffirms that, you know, you need you do need to go ahead and make a plan for where you're going to be. I remember when I took my mom to her neurologist, who's been her neurologist now for I, I guess twelve years, and you know when she had her first strokes back to back, and he said to her look, you need to get yourself to where you're going to be, whether it's a nursing home, assisted living, you go live with your daughter, you go, you know, what, whatever, because don't make this fall on her. Don't make her be the decision maker because you will resent her. And, and I'm like, yeah, please just tell me where you want to go. I'll pack you up. And we'll do this, but I don't want to, I, I don't want to be the dictator of someone else's life. I don't. And, and it so, happens so many times. Go ahead, so Steve. The, I, I love it. I love that you you use that example because who wants to be talked to that way? Like, like, see, I've been my we've all been beating our heads against the wall because we have this conversation with our clients, with our patients that says something like. You better, uh, you better get ready for nursing home assisted living. Um, grab bars in your bathroom. You better map out a plan, and and this is why I want to bring up these three points because none of us want to be communicated with that way, and that's why it's been so difficult to have a conversation with people about planning for the future because a lot of times especially physicians are, you know, and, and healthcare providers are sort of seeing some changes in healthcare. And it's sort of like, 
hey, you should go visit a few assisted livings and make sure you tell your daughter, you know, this, that, and the other. Nobody wants to be communicated with that way. But use my first example of mapping out a network. It's kind of like you can see where, well, using the technology that Glenna has is, is good, but having a conversation with um, somebody about their network, it's planning, but it's, it's disguised as something else, okay? Now, the next thing that I said that I wanted to talk about is aging in place. Now, AARP, I, I got to find this study because I reference it all the time, but AARP has been doing a study forever that says, you know, 90% of us want to age in place, meaning as we grow older, we want to stay put right in this house that I live in, okay? And there are literally hundreds of services, supportive, uh, that can make that easier um, for folks. What I want to talk about when we talk about aging in place are a couple of things. So um, I've heard and hundreds of times and probably every family member has heard somebody say, don't ever take me to one of those places, meaning a nursing home, assisted living, scene, anything that's got a sign, old folks home on the outside, I'm staying put right here. And that's that's dangerous making a statement like that because none of us have a crystal ball. And um, the reason that we make that statement is number one, it's the last legally uh, the last legal segregated segment of housing is senior living. Okay, we're not segregating for evil reasons. We're segregating to take care of older adults. But if you're living in a non-segregated neighborhood right now with young, old, married, divorced, black, white uh, neighbors, and now I say, you got to go live with old folks, that's why people jam their heels in the sand and say, no way, I don't want to do that. Now, and, and in general, well, I'm a proponent of people having choices. If people want to age in place, that's perfectly fine. But, but what I want folks to think about when they're thinking about in the future is, do you like being lonely and isolated? Okay. A lot of us with COVID have got a taste of what it's like being lonely and isolated. And our definition of being lonely and isolated, we can jump in a car, we can go, you know, visit friends. But because of COVID, we were stuck at home for quite some time. But just imagine aging in place, not having transportation, not having friends that come by and visit, going back to the network, not being able to engage in the things that are purposeful in life. You might be aging in place because you fear the alternative and the memories of living in that home that you've lived in 40 or 50 years. But the loneliness and isolation is um, the, the reason to think outside the box in either creating a supportive environment that minimizes that or consider moving somewhere um, and, and, and minimizing on that. And so, again, I go back to having conversations about planning for the future and I'm trying not to talk about 
aging because that is the surefire way that people are going to uh, uh, say, I'm not ready. I don't want to talk about this is you talk about, Hey, let's talk about your network and um, your, your friends. And then instead of talking about moving to a senior living community, let's talk about what is your threshold for loneliness and isolation and um, how can we stay where we are if life throws us a curveball and still be engaged in purposeful a purposeful life and um that's a different discussion than hey mom time to move to an assisted living you know so that's my second point my last point is on solo aging but let me take a breath and see if you you all have any questions yeah i i totally agree with you i just want to comment that for over two years now, I've been taking care of my mom and living with her. And um, Kathy knows I have literally no interaction with the real world except my computer because I don't leave the house. It's extremely lonely and I'm 59 and I don't like it. So I'm telling people out there, there's nothing great about being alone. <laughs> there's all the socialization and that brainstorming and that ex shared experience and, and the memories you create together. So I'm just putting it out there. Don't do it, people. Don't the loneliness is not worth it. Yeah, and, and see it again, and I'm not drawing a stereotype of related to aging, but the technology is is that if you if you aren't comfortable with meeting your friends on Zoom and FaceTime and, and all this great technology that actually helps connect us better than we ever were connected before while we're staying put. Um, but if you don't have access to that, you know, you're alone listening to the radio and reading books, which is is great if that's what what you want to do. So um, so let me let me dive in to the last point that, again, these are Trojan horses, I would say, for having a planning related discussion. And that is the topic of solo aging. And I will tell you. I've been in this business for 32 years and the term that was widely used out there uh, up till, at least in my world, up till two or three years ago was elder orphan, meaning somebody who's older, who's all alone. Okay. Um, you know, now we don't call uh, people in their twenties and thirties, um, midlife or orphans. It's a horrible term. And on one, on several of our discussions, what I started to see is that people were proudly describing themselves as solo agers. Sort of, they would ask a question, I'm a solo ager, and is there somebody I could pay to be my healthcare power of attorney? I'm a solo ager, and I'm figuring out where I want to live. And uh, because I don't have children that I am going to be living near, I'm figuring out where I'm going to live. And I was sort of like, wow, number one, pretty cool term, solo aging. Number two, they're not ashamed of it in general. And so we started having discussions on solo aging and they're our most well-attended discussions. But I, but I discovered an interesting thing in having conversations about solo aging is that it's a great planning tool. 
um, and, and here's what I mean by this is, is that let's say I'm at a barbecue and somebody asks what I do. I'll inevitably bring up, you know, what our hottest topic is it's solo aging. And sometimes they'll look at me and they'll be like, Oh, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, glad I don't need to worry about that. It's like, you don't need to worry about solo aging. No, I've got a great marriage and I've got three kids. I'll never have to worry about solo aging. And I'll say to them, really, how many people do you know who are married? They pass away at the same time as their spouse. And I'll get a look. Yeah, no, that never happens. And then those three children that you have, is it your plan that they're just going to take care of you? Oh, I don't want that to happen. And so then we start having a dialogue about planning for the future uh, under the umbrella of solo aging instead of, hey, you got a plan because someday you might need assisted living. See, because when you talk about planning a solo aging plan, if you are currently single and you know, that's that those folks are out there and there's a lot of them out there that are basically coming to the realization that if I, if something changes in my life, I'm responsible, not my kids. Um, the the and and so they're actively planning. OK, but the folks that in general are sort of saying, hey, I'm healthy. I got my wife and family, that group, uh, a lot of the, those folks neglect to, to think and have conversations with their network about what their wishes are if things started to change. And under this umbrella of solo aging, it, it really creates a much more positive way to have a discussion about planning for the future. So sort of these are the, my three trends, you know, mapping out visually your network and, and growing it. Thinking about aging in place in terms of when, when you say, I don't want to leave this home and I want to age in place. Think about that loneliness and isolation and how you can um, minimize that if you're somebody that doesn't want to live all by yourself. Okay. And the, one of the fastest growing trends is home sharing for people that are older adults. So it is possible to age in place in this home, minimize loneliness and isolation because you're living the golden girls lifestyle. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a college kid. Somebody is coming in and you're living together. And then the last one is thinking about solo aging, not just as it's other people that are solo aging. It, all of us potentially all the, he, here's the newsflash. Like a lot of people, one of the main fears with folks is dying alone. Okay. I mean, I, I think if you do uh, some research, it's sort of like my fear is that I'm going to die alone. And it's sort of like, you're the only one that is going to die for yourself. Okay. You, we are all going to die alone. Now, do you have people around your bed? Are you married? Are you leaving a spouse? Are you leaving your family? That's one of those things. But I think I know these are kind of brutal topics to talk about and think about, but if you don't think about them, they're going to be, it's going to be a burden that 
your network that hopefully you map out is going to have to deal with. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to pause. Okay, because I know I'm I'm on a roll. There. I love I, it. I love your passion, don't you, Kathy? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, so this is this is one of the things that I do every day. You know, talk to people about those that want you know, live in care or hourly care. And um, so over the years, I've seen the nightmares of what people did not plan for. And I mean, just two years ago, I bought a home in a retirement community. I just walked into this model home by chance. And it was, I mean, phenomenal, fantastic layout. I mean, Steve, you know, in Northern Virginia, how many homes are on the market typically that are one level? No, oh, none. We're in love in the East Coast in general is in love with three-story colonials and the bedrooms on the top floor. But but even if I mean what what even if the bedroom is on the first level, you, you, a lot of the times the home builders they're throwing two or three steps to get in and out of the house and it's like right. completely you wow. don't need those you, you right know. right right so i mean i found this retirement community i loved the model you know long story short i uh i built it, i bought it and um i mean you know, there is a loft. Well, I already know the chair company that if I need to go upstairs, I mean, I'll just have the chair. I mean, so meaning I've got at, at 57 years old, I feel like I have, you know, a, a, a pretty good plan in place. And, you know, plus I I've have this plethora of caregivers that I've worked with for about 10 years now. And, you know, um, I would just pick one. I mean, because I, I really don't I really don't want to go to any kind of assisted living if I can avoid it. Um, you know, oh, none of us do. Yeah, and, none of us yeah, do. You know, but um, I mean, so, but I, I have watched, I have observed, I have seen the, you know, the the homes that are so cut up. It's like you'll never. You, you need to just take a sledgehammer and because you really can't stay home. You're not, I mean, this, this house that I have is, I mean, it's like a huge wide open space, huge, you know, that's something is cut off. My dream is, is that, and, and, and we, there are trends moving in this direction, but my dream is like you referred to your community as a retirement community. It's probably a 55 plus active adult community, it but it's still, it's still got a label is, is that in, in, in my perfect world, we build homes for a lifetime and, uh, and, and neighborhoods for a lifetime. And so you, the, the, the concept would be is, is that, a, a, a young couple would be choosing the same exact home that you chose um, and it can serve them for a lifetime. And, and when I talk about those three steps to get in and out the house, when you got a little baby with a stro in a stroller and you got to bump it up those three steps when <laughs> the baby wakes up, that's a pain. And that, that's a pain. And <laughs> when you're in when you're having mobility um, issues or let's say that that grandma's coming to visit and she's got to walk up those three steps that's a pain and you know the the if we start designing with more universal intention 
um, the, the, the homes and communities will be homes and communities for all ages. And now then th this is where, I mean, again, I get back to it is, is that the, the reason that we put our heels in the, in the sand on all of these aging related services that are in here is just that it's, Oh, that's for old people. Like, so one of the things that I, th that I hear an awful lot of is this is, this sounds humorous, but, but if this is a statement that probably many people in your audience have either heard or been a part of, it's sort of like, Hey mom, uh, I'm really concerned about your safety. We need to, to start looking at different communities uh, out there. And it's like, I'm not going to any of those places. That, that No way. I'm not going to go to those places. Those places are for old people. Well, mom, you're old. Okay. Now, mom could be 95 years old and she could say she doesn't want to move to a place for where old people live. And the logical response for her daughter is, but you're old, mom. None of us want to be talked to that way. Um, be, and again, a lot of this is because of the ageist culture that we've, that that's developed over time because being old and being called older is, um, a, 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 it can be viewed by many of us as a sign or, or a weakness as opposed to a, a, um, a benefit. Okay. And it, what it's not this way on the opposite end of the spectrum, kids, uh, you know, people, kids that are, you know, seven, eight years old, they, they're, they're talking about, oh, I'm, I'm really eight, even though I'm seven, you know, like they're proud. They're, they're they have a birthday and then they're, they're telling people that they're one year older, you, you know? So again, I'm on my soapbox. Sorry about that. Um, so I'll, I'll take a pause. Well, you know, the other thing that I would encourage people to, I mean, you know, just, just for all the, the things that you've stated, but just, you know, in kind of in the, in the same vein though, I mean, whether, whether we, you would agree with me or not, in, in my opinion, the world has changed dramatically. Okay. And we are looking at, I mean, I'm just going to start with interest rates and then, gas, you know, so, I mean, so I, I feel so fortunate that I bought this house when interest rates were at an all-time historic low, you know, a lot of people, you know, I know when they hear me talk like this, they're like, oh, that's negative Nancy again. Okay. Here she goes. I'm, I, I I'm very realistic. Do I hope that it goes back? Sure. Do I believe it's going to go back to all-time low interest rates and, and whatnot? No. I okay. don't. The, the, you, you touched on something. Another one of my this planning, but it's but it's also one of my little soapbox things that I've been uh, talking about over the years. And that is so we've got the world out there and we've got those of us who are in the audience and you have folks that they I guess they used to call them the one percent, the most wealthy individuals in our 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 nation. And 
every option is available to that group. If, if um, so it's sort of like, yeah, I don't want to, I, I don't want to move to a place. Uh, I'm just going to hire folks to come and take care of me. Or, hey, I want to move to one of these communities, life plan communities, and has a large entry fee, all the luxuries, things like that. So you got on one side of the, of the, of the seesaw, you've got the folks that are of means. Okay. On the other side of the seesaw, you have the, the impoverished. Okay. And, and, and these two groups actually have a lot of resources. Um, if you're below a certain um, income and, 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 and accumulated wealth, there are resources out there for you. And uh, the important thing with this, the, 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 the group on the, the wealth side, they can get anything anytime they want it. Okay. All right. The group on the other end of the, of the seesaw needs to get on waiting lists. Okay. If you get on a waiting list for subsidized housing, sooner or later, your name is going to pop up. So you, again, both of these groups need to plan. But um, if you know somebody who's in, it, going to be impoverished, is going to spend down, they got to get on waiting lists. Okay. But the group that I really want to address and with bringing up interest rates, uh, you, you, this is what triggered this, is what I call the caught between the cracks group. It's the group in the middle that could not, don't necessarily define themselves as wealthy and do not qualify for subsidies and did all the right things, save 401k, put the kids through college, worked, this, that, and the other. This group um, really, again, this is where the, the way to save money for this group, the secret sauce is that network that I spoke about. And for those people in the audience that have children, um, most of us, and I say this because I've got children, and when I look out at the at the world there, most of us with children did when we needed support for our children, we didn't write a check every time we needed a babysitter or we were gonna go out to the grocery store and we needed somebody to watch our kid. We had this network of friends, families, friends and family who, you, you know, Hey, can you watch my kid while I go to the grocery store? The same thing holds true in this aging and elder care is, is that that network can be a cost savings tool for this middle caught between the cracks group. But if you don't have the network mapped out, you and your loved ones don't know how to access that network that is basically free, that wants to help us. And then you supplement it with paid providers. So again, I'm going to take another pause. <laughs> Steve, you, you've mentioned so many points. I don't even know which one to, to touch on because we could be here for a week, I think, because it's such an exciting topic. But again, I have to thank you because of the whole way that you're presenting this. It's not like you're here. Well, we have to talk about solo aging. Like you're excited about these topics and that passion, is, it's instilled into each and every one of us watching and listening. Yeah, in 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 I do a lot of comparison. So so when people call me and and they've just decided mom is in agreement, 
we're going to shop for an assisted living. When people call me with that life choice, um, my first words of wisdom to them are the first thing that I want you to do and I want you to communicate with your mom is, is that we're not shopping for an old folks home. We're finding the next college that we're going to. Okay. And the reason that I do this is, is, is that because in general, like I said, I've said it a million times on this discussion, nobody wants to go to any of these places. Okay. But what's a place that people aspire to go to? What's a place I know kids that from age five, they were wearing their university of Michigan sweatshirt, you, you know, because, Hey, when I'm 18, this is where I'm going to go. And, and in general, going to college is something that people get enthusiastic about. It's a positive life choice. And there's no reason why this transition, this chapter in life can't be just as positive and enthusiastic. And, and part of it is it's reframing it. It's looking at it through a, a different lens. Now, for those folks that say, I want to move to, so, so number one, what does a college kid look at when he's considering what college or she that they're going to go to? They're not looking at the square footage of their dorm room. They could care less about that. Primarily, they're looking at the other students and they're looking at the community they're going to be a part of. And here's something negative about a college, okay, that's positive about an assisted living. A college campus is loaded with a bunch of 18-year-olds who have, they have no clue on, they've only been walking this planet for 18 years. How much life experience do they have? They, and, and look at all the bad choices that they make on, co on college campuses, because again, they're learning about life. In an assisted living, which you throw a dart at any assisted living, you could staff a college faculty with the, the residents that live there. You want to talk about a rich, amazing group of individuals, just go visit any senior living community on this planet and, and, and contrast that with the lack of experience that exists on a college campus. Um, and so, so, you know, like, I, I'm glad that I come across positive about this, this, uh, life chapter that we're talking about. Um, and hopefully I can inspire folks to just play tricks with, with your mind and, and the way that you talk about this and try to remove as much quote unquote aging and ageist language that you're using and try to catch yourself when you're using it. We do all this stuff by accident. Uh, and, uh, and if you can begin to eliminate it, uh, it's, it, it's really helpful. Thank you, Steve. I was wondering in your own family and your own network of friends and, and relatives, do you find that everyone has the same amount of passion and positivity <laughs> that you have? Let me tell you, I sit here and I talk about having conversations with your parents. And have I had these conversations with my parents? No, because I think, again, I mean, I tried. It, it, I talk about the different discussions that I have. And so I guess probably 
I have more discussions than I realize there, but, and, and that's, I think that's an important topic is, is that like, when you're talking about this in your family or amongst your friends, it doesn't need to be, okay, we're having a family meeting to talk about, you know, advanced medical directives for mom and dad, but, but you can have conversations about death, dying, um, uh, disability, changing our, our sense of purpose, making a home accessible. It, you can disguise it in the in other discussions. So probably just because of my profession, I've had more discussions than than most people. But in terms of like, I mean, it, in terms of knowing where my family members' documents are, and and me and my wife having our documents in place and having these discussions with our kids, these are these are not easy discussions and i'm i'm probably i don't know i'd give myself a c plus in that area uh but uh but in general i give myself a c plus in every area because there's always room for improvement and that's if you probably see passion in my in in talking about this topic or any topic is is that None of us, no matter how great we are, have achieved the highest level in anything. And, um, you know, you can even look at somebody like Tom Brady. I was listening to sports radio this morning where Tom Brady is challenged. He is, without a doubt, the best quarterback in football that anybody has ever known. And he has ups and downs in his career and can always improve and we can all continually improve and think outside of the box. And, uh, and I certainly can do that better with my family as well. Well, I, I appreciate that transparency. Uh, something I just want to bring up to both of you as we close out the show. I've heard this so many times in conversations with people about their parents. The parents will bring up, you just want my money. That's why you want to stick me away somewhere. You can't wait for me to die. <laughs> Have you ever heard these comments? Oh, I hear it every day. I mean, every day I'm having conversations with adult children and a, a typical scenario is um, me and my husband, we're doing fine. We just want what's best for mom. And that, but my brother, and he's just sort of like, uh, look, uh, remember when mom said she, she didn't want us moving her to a home. We got to figure out how to keep her at home. And then my other brother does, says, you can do whatever you want with mom, but don't spend one penny because her, um, savings are my, is my retirement. <laughs> exactly. You hear you hear that a lot. And and here's one of the things, again, going back to my family, I was raised where you do not talk about money with your mom and dad. Like I remember asking as a kid how much dad made. And I think I got grounded for a week, you know, and so I never made that mistake again. And and the thing is like you we're all around the same age range. I'm 57 years old. I think I can have a conversation now with how much money my parents have to help them or, or so that if something happens that I know what they want to do with that money. And, and 
the the thing is 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 that um a parent that says hey look you i know what you're doing I, you just you're just waiting and and it it happens on a daily basis and and some of those parents are right you know <laughs> some of those parents are right and listen they you your your medical powers of attorney and your financial powers of attorney don't need to be blood related. It could be your best friend, somebody that you trust more than your son. But the important thing is we've all got to have these conversations. And if you have accumulated any wealth, you need to be aware of the fact that if things do change and you can't have conversations about what you want to do with that wealth that you've got somebody that you trust that is um, can, can help you help make decisions with that. So. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this conversation. We have to have you back yet again, because there's still oh. so much more. <laughs> yeah, you throw a dart at the dartboard. I'll, I'll, I, I, lo I love it. I, I do a lot. I'm on your side of the table quite a bit. So it's always great to be on this side of the table. Well, you're a great guest, so thank you so much. Can you hold up your um, your source oh, book for people to source see? Source. Yeah, 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 it was getting and cut so, off. So primarily, this printed publication is, is available in the Mid-Atlantic from Philadelphia down to Northern Virginia. Um, but what we do, like like you all, not we don't do 29 a day. We probably do two or three discussions a week on a wide variety of topics related to aging uh, topics. And uh, folks can can search us up for Positive Aging Sourcebook, Positive Aging Community. And uh, I see you've got our website there. And join in our discussions. Uh, we love uh, we, we love having conversations with folks from all over the world now. And uh, so beautiful. Thank you again, Steve. I just want to ask a question we have here. It's uh positive aging source book.como. I think that's oh, 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 it's calm. It's like, okay, Como. All right. So everyone that's C O M, I will go ahead and repost that. Uh, we are going to sign off now. Kathy, would you like to give your information so people can contact you? Yeah, sure. And first of all, Steve, thank you for coming on again. You're a, a wealth of information. Um, and I hope you'll come back. So if you need any type of care in the home, uh, please feel free to give me a call. I can be reached at 703-895-3798. Or if you need any type of interior design project, uh, feel free to reach out to me as well. All right. Thank you so much. The three of us are going to say goodbye for now. And Steve, we look forward to having you back in the future. I love it. Thank you. So much. Thank you, Steve. Bye, Kathy. Bye, Steve. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.